let's learn a very interesting progression in the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Um, something which if people pay attention to, it's raised a lot of questions, and then we can examine it and stand the underlying theme and find some answers. So the first thing I want to point out is there's some things which come up a number of times in the Pesachim. For example, the idea of the Jewish people taking things from the Mitzvah with them when they left. When they left. Hashem asked, told Moshe, tell the Jewish people to borrow from the Egyptians. Now this comes up three times in the Pesachim. Uh, let's examine the differences. The first time is right at the beginning. When Moshe is still in Midian, and Hashem tells them to go down to Mitzrayim and the message to give the Jewish people. So there he says to him that when you go to Mitzrayim, I'm going to make the people of Mitzrayim favor the Jews that they're not going to go empty-handed. Ladies will borrow from their neighbors. Clay Kesef is silver ornaments and clay kazav is gold ornaments and smallest is clothing. That's the first time this comes. The second time it comes in the Torah is in Pasha's boy. When Hashem is talking to Moshe about what's going to happen just before Makas Bukhairis and Hashem tells Moshe that after this Makkah Pahar is going to chase you out and then Vishala Isha Mishchenta Yes, and then he says here, "Ve'yishlo ishma Yisraelu, ve'yishlo Yisraelusa, klekesov klezov." They should borrow silver and gold. And now the third time it comes when it actually happens, after the Makas Bechayrus, and the Jewish people uh, went to Makayim this mitzvah. The pasuk talks about it over there, and the pasuk says, "Uvenei Yisrael also kedvar Moshe, ve'yishlo ve'yishlo mitzrayim, klekesov klezov u'smolus." So what's the obvious question? The first time when Hashem gave the instruction, He said, The second time when Hashem talks to Moshe, it is at the smallest. It just says, And then when Klai Yisrael actually did ask Mitzrayim, so He brings all three. Again, Klai Yisrael and Klai and smallest. That's the first question. But Amos says, let's ask a simple question. What do they need the Egyptians clothing for? Alright, it says that one of the minds of Klai Yisrael was Shaloh Shinus Mabusha. So what, now they're in the middle, they're going to start wearing Egyptian robes? Well, what, what do they want the clothing for? So, clothing is, uh, Egyptian silk was valuable. But uh, what was the, what, so we're going to say they're going to cut it apart and remake it into different clothing? What, what, what is the Hashivas that they wanted the Egyptian clothing for? So to answer that, we have to come to another point. Why do they have to borrow it? Why do they have to borrow it? Every, every single time there is an issue, you have to borrow it. The mashmas of borrowing is a temporary. So the answer to this question is that this is part of a much bigger plan that Hashem had. And this is something which we can see in the second clearly. But it's something we need to understand that it's all right. Because I think it's a very harsh of a point. And that is, when Moshe came to Paray, to what do the Jewish people want? Or what did Hashem want for the Jewish people? What Moshe said is, they want three days in the desert. He wants to go with three in the desert to serve Hashem, to bring a carbon to Hashem. That's all. And after that, we're coming back to Mitzrayim again. That was the plan. 
The plan was that the Jewish people should go to the desert for three days and come back to Mitzrayim? No. Hashem told Moshe up front, I'm bringing them back to Eretz Yisrael. So that's the case. And this is a question which is that's a very big problem. Why were they trying to deceive Paro? What was the point of telling Paro, we want to go for three days to the Midbar and come back? It's not like Paro agreed. Paro didn't agree. So he could have, and for the same price, he could have not agreed to let him go free. If Hashem is going to force Paro by sending him Marcus, then go straight and say, Paro, we want to free the Jewish people. We're out of Egypt. That's it. I want to free everybody. You'll never see them again. And Paro would have said exactly the same thing. Absolutely not. I have a mad dead body. And we have told him, Paro, you asked for it. Here come the Marcus. As much as Paro doesn't want it, it's going to happen. So why do you have to make the whole, the whole charade, so to speak? Of, it's all, no, no, it's not, we're not going free. It's all about three days in the Midbar. Three days in the Midbar. And Paro believed them. Because you see, the whole way through the Marcus, Paro negotiates it with them. He starts off saying, no, nothing doing, I'm not interested, no ways. But after the Marcus starts wearing him down, so he starts to negotiate. He says, all right, you know what, the men can go, not the ladies. Or, then, not the children. And then the men and the children, but not the animals. It's a negotiation the whole way. What are you here for? Sorry? Kriyas Yamsuf, they changed their minds. They wanted the Jews back. Why do we let them go? We want them back. It's only because they get the power to go home. Sorry? It's only because they get the power to go home. That's one reason. The Rashi says not because But the question is why, and even then, we can ask the same question. Akkadish Baruch set it up like that because that was the story originally. Why do you need it? <laughs> Why not just be upfront and say, listen, we never, we never want to come back to Mitzrayim. We're leaving forever. What do you say? And he's going to say no. And you're going to give him Marcus. And then he'll say yes. What changed? And so that's the first thing you have to understand. That the whole thing was set up in a way which was either presenting Pyro with just all we're interested in is three days in the Midbar. And now, my next point, and this is maybe the bigger Chiddush, what do the Jewish people know? What do the Jewish people know? So, what did Moshe Rabbeinu know? So let's start with Moshe. It's clear Moshe knew what the real plan was. From the beginning. Okay, Hashem told him that. Hashem said, I'm taking out of Mitzrayim, I'm going to bring him back to Eretz Yisrael. What do the Jewish people know? So this is the Kasha. Because the Moshe originally spoke to the Ziknei Ha'am, not to everybody. So then he told them, Hashem is going to take you out of Mitzrayim. But then when he spoke to the people, so he told them, and tell them to borrow things from the Mitzrayim. Well, I'm saying what borrowing is, you're going to give it back again. Right, they didn't ask to take things from the Mitzrayim. They asked to borrow things from the Mitzrayim. And the Mephoshim Takah said, well, what do they need these things for? Why do I need gold and silver kalim in the Midbar? And the answer was, you know, we're making a chag. So we have to have fancy equipment. We have to have all the, all the, all the vessels, you know, gold vessels, silver vessels, whatever it is, to make the chag. That's why, the, unfortunately, they need the smallest also. Can you have to make a whatever had to be spent, like, whatever royal clothing it was to serve Hashem? So they want, that's what they want, the smallest of the Egyptians. And therefore, what was presented to Klai Yisrael was, we're doing this, we're on our three-day journey. We're on our three-day journey, borrow things, so we're going out to serve Hashem in three days. And that's why after three days, when Hashem Moshe tells them to turn back, no one complains. It says, uh, Moshe tells and says, go back towards Mitzrayim, and everybody agrees. In other words, what was presented to the Am was, this is a three-day journey into the Midbar. Now, I want to ask you a question. If that's the case, I think Moshe Pasha ruined the plot. Why? Because if everyone's been told, three day journey into the Midbar, that's how we're going. We're going to borrow the Egyptians' things. So, Achag in the Midbar, we can use, you know, we fancy stuff for the things, so we'll take. And we're just we need your animals also. 
we don't have many animals we have to bring in the Chag. So we're taking all the animals over. It's all for the Chag. Because there's one thing that doesn't fit into, the, doesn't fit into that plan. And that is, why is Moshe taking Atzmas Yosef? And the Pasuk says, Vayikach Moshe is Atzmas Yosef because Hashpeh Hishpeh Espinah Yosef told them, when you go back to Eretz Yisrael, don't leave me behind. You have to take him back to Eretz Yisrael with you. So one second. If you're going for three days to Midbar and you're coming back to Mitzrayim, there's no reason to take Yosef's bones there. You're taking the, you're taking the, the, the gold and the silver, you're, going, you're taking all the animals to sacrifice, understood. But why are you stepping Yosef's bones into the Midbar? There's no reason for that. And the answer is that Moshe knew we're not going for three days in the Midbar. Moshe knew we're going to Eretz Yisrael. And that's the case. We have a chiv to Yosef. The Kaishal promised Yosef to take his bones with. Whereas everybody else at the same time was busy gathering gold and silver kalim. So for the, as far as they were concerned, this was for a three-day, a three-day journey into the Midbar. And it's also a like that. In the Pesukim, when Hashem talks to Moshe, He tells him about the fact that you're going to Israel, the fact that Hashem is going to drive you out, you're not going to see Mitzrayim again. Now, after all the Jewish people knew that. They were working with the plan of, this is the three-day trip which we asked for originally, and Pari kept saying no to it. Eventually, now, we, now you agreed. And that we saw, Pari was also under that impression. And that's why after three days, he said, uh, yeah, we want them back. Did they make a big party three days? Did they have this big hug? The whole three days was a big hug. Kenira. They went out to be a drama. They went out singing Shira. They went out whatever. Now, what is the point of that? What is the point of it? So the answer is that there was a... The, the lesson here was a lesson for Klai Yisrael. Uh, something which is a, a, a Yisrael, which Hashem wanted the Jewish people to learn. And that is, had Moshe come and given a message that Hashem decided He's going to redeem you. Why? So they could think, it would be logical, you know, Hashem is in charge, He wants to right the wrongs of history. We came down as guests to Mitzrayim, we were forced into slavery, we did nothing wrong, it wasn't a punishment for something we did bad, we were forced into slavery, we were oppressed for hundreds of years, and Hashem is coming to right the wrongs of history, we deserve to be free. And therefore, if that would have been the, the starting statement, Hashem is coming to free you from Mitzrayim, okay, 100%, we deserve to be free. And if you go, Pharaoh is going to be obstinate about it, and Pharaoh is going to insist that we're not going to go free, and Pharaoh is going to resist, and Hashem is going to force him. Hashem is stronger than Pharaoh. And therefore, we can see everything that happens in regards to the Makkas, and everything which happens regarding Pharaoh, as HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to, if so to speak, implement justice in the world. It wasn't, it wasn't just, it wasn't fair that we were put into slavery. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to, to set, the, set the record straight. That would, be, that would have been the takeaway message for us from Mitzrayim. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch didn't want that to be the message Klai Yisrael learned. There's something more than that. And that is, HaKadosh Baruch wanted the whole Yisrael Mitzrayim to be on the fact of we're going to serve Hashem for three days. We're going to serve Hashem. And Pari is going to object to that. And Hashem is going to bring all the Makkos. And Klai Yisrael look at the side and think, all this is worthwhile so that one time Klai will serve Hashem. It's not that this is all dance that we're going to get free men and we won't be slavery anymore. This is all being dance that we can serve Hashem. Think what a powerful message that is. That, that, that Hashem is prepared to change the world upside down. Hashem is preparing Makkah after Makkah and destroy Mitzrayim and do Nes after Nes so that Klai will be able to serve Hashem. One time. It's all worthwhile. Of course, Akash Prochah wants much more than that. 
But the lesson to Mitzrayim, the lesson to Parah is, this is all worthwhile for the one time Klaish will serve Hashem, as Kedai to do all of this. And therefore, Parah, you're not letting them go out one time to serve Hashem, this is how far you're going to get punished. And the lesson we take on from that, look how valuable Avodah Hashem is. That for one Avodah Hashem is worth all Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Of course, once we're already out and we destroyed Paris, there's no reason to re-put ourselves back into slavery. Once you're out, you're out. But that was, the message was that's not the reason Hashem is taking you out. That's not that you deserve to come out so that because you deserve to be free. Because you, there's a historical injustice which has to be wronged. You're coming out to serve Hashem. And it's Kedai for Hashem to go all that effort just so that you should serve Him. One time. And Hashem lost the most at the beginning. But the the fact that you serve Hashem one time here, that's enough to work, justify his yes, And that's a very chash of It's a chash of that we see that what Klaish was meant to learn was look at the value of Avaidah. Look at the value that it's worth it for Avaidah's Hashem to, do, to change the whole world around, to bring the whole Yisrael Mitzrayim. And that's why the Barsak says, uh, he uses that word a few times. When your son asks you, What's this Avaidah you do? It's talking about eating matzah, eating a common basach. And the answer is, For this, Hashem took a mitzrayim. Just for this, we have a whole Torah to keep. And the answer is, that's true. But lots of myths in the Torah are based on Yisrael Mitzrayim. But since it says, Yisrael Mitzrayim, it says, Fair weights it says, that uh, you should have honest weights, Hashem took a mitzrayim. But Rebus it says, Hashem took a mitzrayim. And the answer is, any one of them would have been enough. It's not for all of them. Any one would have been enough. Any Avodah Hashem is so valuable that it would be Kedai to use Mitzrayim for that. And even if it's not Asayda, you tell the Marash, he doesn't know why you think Mitzrayim, what you're doing. He said, this would have been enough to take me out of Mitzrayim. Bavurzeh, this by itself. If all I was doing was listening to Hashem one time, that would be enough to take me out of Mitzrayim. Bavurzeh also Hashem. What's this Avodah? That's the Tavim Nusarekim. It's worth it for one time to serve Hashem. And it's an important lesson because people think that uh, it's a package deal. That if we keep the entire Torah, wow, that's a big thing. It is a big thing. But every mitzvah is a big thing. And each one makes it worthwhile for our Kaddish worker to do so much for a mitzvah. And now with that Akdama, I want to share with you a Vilnagon. This is a very, very powerful thing. It's brought down by Chaim Vilashna, Bishmai, and the Gemara in Shabbos. And the Gemara in Shabbos says, that on the pasuk Saif Davar Hakol Nishma Esalekim Yira Ves Mitzvahs of Shmar. At the end of the day, the most important thing to serve, to fear Hashem, and to keep His mitzvahs, Kizeh Kala Adam. That's the whole purpose of a person. And the Gemara in Shabbos, the Brahma takes a step further than that. Not just that's the purpose of a person. It says Kol Ha'Olam Kulo Eloi Never Elavishisle. The whole world is worth it for such a person. You have a person who fears Hashem and keeps the mitzvahs, it justifies the whole Bria Sa'ilah. Now what does that mean? So it's brought down Hashem the Vilnagon. It's not just the tzaddik who left his whole life doing learning Torah mitzvahs. The Vilnagon says, It was Kedai for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to create the entire world so that one person, one time, will say, Heshmer Rabbah Mavarech. That was Kedai the whole world. And one person should be Makadosh Hashem Shemayim. And say, Brabim, Yeheshme, Rabim, Avayach, Lorel, Maya, Kodesh, Baruch, whose name should be praised forever, Kalayim, Kodesh, Kadayola. The whole world is worth it for that. And it's the same you say, just magnified to a higher level. In other words, you're trying to talk about you know, how much effort is it worth it for Hashem, so to speak, to go to for, for a mitzvah? Kalayim, Kadayola. It's Kadayim to create a whole world for that. Now, of course, in the world, you can do much more than one mitzvah. 
and you're going to get much more as well. But if you're talking about how valuable a mitzvah is, it's because I think a whole world at one time a person, one time a person will be able to say, Yeah, Shmirab. Unbelievable, you said. I just want to show it to Mitzrayim. Because Klai Yisrael are going to embark on now in their career of being Makabal the Torah. And Makabal all the mitzvahs. And you want to show how important are mitzvahs. How worthwhile is it? How valuable is the mitzvah in Hashem? And therefore, the whole Yisrael Mitzrayim is going to revolve around is that how far are we going to push Parai to allow the Jewish people to serve Hashem? Not to go free. Going free isn't a, isn't a value of Torah. It's, how, it's to serve Hashem. That's the point of Yisrael Mitzrayim, and that's the, the lesson of Yisrael Mitzrayim, and that's the, the, the so to speak, the, the take home message from Yisrael Mitzrayim. This was all worthwhile so that Klai will be able to serve Hashem. And that's not one time. Just for the one three day trip, Kilo. It would have been worthwhile to bring all the Makkas and Parah. And as Moshe keeps telling him, Shalachasami Vayavduni, send my people to serve me, not just send my people, send my people to serve me. And if you're not going to let them serve me, then I'm going to bring you blood and frogs and lice and wild animals, because that's what Hashem, it's worth it for Hashem to do that, so to speak, so Klai should also serve him. That's the first point. But now I'll ask you another point. If you're looking at the Makkas, why was Parah so stupid? Why was Parah so stupid? How many times does Moshe have to show I can bring Makkas? And every time Moshe tells another Makkas, Parah doesn't back down. What's he waiting for? And eventually his own servants turn on him. They say, what are you waiting for? I tell him, tell you, we don't know that the country is destroyed. This is, Moshe, step by step, he's destroying everything. He destroyed the economy, he destroyed the, the livestock, and he destroyed the crops, and he destroyed the reserves of everything. What are you waiting for, Parah? You can see there's something here stronger than you. And it's that kind of question. Let's ask, let's, let's ask the question to Pari also. Pari, what in the world are you waiting for? Well, you, you, you don't understand that there's a power here you can't compete with. And the answer is, and this is an amazing thing to think about. Pari had one question. Pari had one question. And this question was what made Pari resist, so to speak, listening to Moshe for the entire time until he gave him a Makkah's Bukharis. And what was that? He said, I don't understand. If Hashem is as powerful as you're saying He is, and He can do whatever He wants, so why are you coming to ask me? Just take the desert by force. Snatch the gates and drive them out. Why do you keep coming to ask me? It must be you can't take them out. It must be you have to come and ask me because I can let them free and you can't. So you can bring plagues, you can do this, you can change the world around. You can't take the desert. So you keep coming to ask me. So if you're asking me, I'm saying no. Because if you could take them out by force, so don't ask. If you can overcome, if uh, one country is stronger than the other country, they decide they want to invade, they're going to ask permission, then we're stronger than you, we'll just do it. We'll, we'll march and we'll take over. That's what I didn't understand the whole way through. If Hashem is as strong as you're saying He is, if Hashem is as strong as you're saying He is, okay, so take the Jews out. Why, why did you come to ask? You keep on, please let them go, please let them go, please let them go. Why? Just take them. Obviously, you can't. So if you can't, I'm not going to let you. It means I'm stronger than you in some way. I'm sure you never thought about it like that. Okay, but now you think about it like that. So now, what's taka the reason? What's taka the reason? Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu go that route? Hashem is stronger. So why don't you say, para, out the way. Here we go. What did he keep coming back to para for? Again and again and again. And Akira begging para, please para, please para, please para, it's up to you. Why? Why? Why don't you just take them up by force? Don't even go to para. Moshe just stands and says, you didn't we go? Any industry comes close, you will get hit with hell. 
Why do you have to go the whole route of going to ask and get permission and get told no and come back? And what for? What for? Hashem couldn't take that without that? And the answer, and this is the yesod. And this is something I didn't understand, but something we can understand. And that is that there's a much bigger ness in, a, in the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu did it than if he had just pushed prayer out the way and done it by force. The Ramban writes The Ramban writes it's because that the. I'll talk about the Ramban in a second. This was explained back in the first. I understand what the Ramban wants. Well, it's a much bigger ness this variant. Why? Because the fact that something is more powerful than me. And therefore, I want to do a certain thing. Uh, okay, it's stronger than me. There's nothing I can do about it. So, you can, uh, the, the thing which could be stronger than me is, could be anything. It could be, uh, you know, I wanted to, to, to walk somewhere, but there's a hurricane outside, so I couldn't move. The wind was too strong. It could be, I wanted to, uh, to, to, to get somewhere, but there's uh, an elephant blocking in your way. There are lots of things which could be stronger than a person can stop him doing what he wants to do. Even in the physical world, it's like that. A tree falls in the rear right in front of me, so I can't get past it. There are a lot of things which can prevent a person blocking, preventing what he wants to do. What's stronger than that is that to force a person to change their mind. To force a person to change their mind. I can say I want that, I just couldn't do it. But to force a person to change their mind, that nothing in the world can make me do you can force me, I can still, okay, physically you can overpower me. But to get me to change my mind, that you can't do. Says the Rabban, that the ability to change a person what they want and what they think is more difficult than forcing them to do whatever you want them to do. I'm going to have blindness. You can hold someone up to a gun and shoot him for not accepting what you want him to say, but you can't, but you can't force him to change his mind. You can choose the Dalek and the Shashem. And so, originally said, I'm not letting Kaishal go. Hashem says to him, you're going to let Klai Yisrael go. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to do it Bal You're going to let them go. I'm going to bring to a stage where you're going to be- go on your knees and beg them to go. That's much more difficult. But it's a much bigger Kedah Hashem. Why? Because the fact that you forced me to do something doesn't... Okay, so you were stronger than me. I didn't change one sec- I didn't change one bit. Every Jew who died on Kedah Hashem. Okay, so the guy was stronger. He had the knife. It didn't change the Jew. He was dead straight. This is the MS. You didn't change me bichlal. You overpowered me. That doesn't mean anything. To change somebody is much harder. And Hashem said, Para, you said you're not letting Klai Yisrael go. I'm going to show you that you're going to let Klai Yisrael go. I'm not going to use force. I'm not going to force you that you... I said, I didn't want to, but I was forced. I'd never trust. No, no, no. You're going to want to. You're going to want to. You're going to be the one to beg them to go. And that's why. Matthias didn't force Klai Yisrael out. It kept coming back to Para. Because Hashem was waiting for Para to be the one to admit I was wrong and I made a mistake. Klai Yisrael go. Hashem was right. That's the shlemus of the nest. But that goes back to the first one you said. Let's put the two points together now. And that is, the, what was HaKadosh Baruch Hu's in doing that? Because what we said at the beginning. The value of Avedus Hashem. If Hashem said the region to Pari, Shlachet Samiva Yavdoni, He's telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu to serve me. Then Pari said, No, I'm not. What, you're standing against the Vodas Hashem? Paroi, you're going to be the one to let them go to serve Hashem. Not because I'm forcing you. Because it's going to be brought to the stage where you yourself are going to recant. You yourself are going to be the one to admit that you were wrong. That's much more difficult to bring a person to that stage. And that's why Chazal say, it's a Midrash, that on the night of Yisrael, 
Paris shouted, says his voice carried like the whole, the whole Mitzrayim could hear him. He said, until now you are Avdei Paris. From now you are Avdei Asher. In other words, I'm admit, avoid us Hashem, go. I give in. That was the, the Shleimus of where Hashem wanted to bring power to. Not just that you're irrelevant, but you're going to get to the stage where you're going to admit that too. Because there can't be a something, a stage in the Bria, of something which doesn't recognize the value of Avodah Hashem. And if Hashem had taken Hashem out by force, the Mitzvah would be on the side saying, we don't want this. We don't think it's important. We don't think it's the right thing to do. That's not the Shlemus. The Shlemus is, when they're going to admit it as well, we were wrong. There's nothing more important than Avodah Hashem. Hashem God. And then the lesson for us, which we learn from both of these things, is the value, and that's the lesson of Mitzvah, the value Hashem attaches to Avodah Hashem. It's worth changing the world around. And it's worth uh, so that nobody should deny there's such a value. Even the para who says, No, you're going to be the one to say Hashem Atzadik. You're going to be the one to beg Hashem to go. That's the shlemus of that. We'll see that again. We never saw that since Mitzrayim. The other times Hashem overcame Mitzrayim by force. He killed them. Homan went to the ghetto as being a Russia. He never changed. Same thing with other Rishayim. They might have, we might have won, we might have overpowered them, we might have killed them. They never went back, they never died as Tadikim. They never admitted they were wrong. The next time you're going to see that is when Mashiach comes. Because there'll be that concept too. That HaKadosh Baruch will bring the whole world to recognize him before they get destroyed. We say it every day. Every knee is going to bend to you, Hashem. It's not just that you're going to use force and drive them out the way. You're going to bring them to the point where they're going to go down and bow down to you. They're going to recognize that. And that's the same musak again that Hashem will bring the Shlemus. Not that he's stronger than people. That he'll change people. They'll come to recognize it themselves.